fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And today we are talking about character deaths and what that can mean to the character and the story. Right. So, R.I.P. Right, yeah, yeah that I, I, you know, <laughs> you're all pre- ready to be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In preparation for this episode, I was like, you know, this will be an interesting topic, and now I'm just coming into it like, well, now I'm sad. That's I know, cool. Right? <laughs> we already That's were like, talking about a couple, which like, aw. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's sad. That is really sad. But Land before time. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's been, what, 20 years? And I still haven't gotten over that. I know. So that, yeah. that is. There were no rules back up. then. You know, they're like, yeah, here's some light, here's some light trauma for your kids. <laughs> you know, they'll carry this around. They will. They'll probably be fine. Like, they'll probably be fine. <laughs> they'll vote one day. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. But you're right. We're not just going to talk about why they're sad, right? Like we're yes, yeah. There's how a reason meaningful. why they happen all the time, right? And we're right. going to talk about some of those reasons. Absolutely, yes. But before we do that, we are going to be talking about our flights, kind of what's been on our mind. So let's start out with flights. Dalton, what's on your flight? tonight we'll just keep saying tonight because it sounds less bad it sounds less bad that i'm drinking we say this morning yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm breaking out angel's envy again i haven't had this one in a while um this is my my very first uh on the podcast um so i kind of wanted to just like bring it back i have a little bit more experience now and so bring it back it's like one that i keep around typically because it's like um i think as i've gotten honestly as as i drink more and more i realize like this is not the world's best bourbon it was to me like when i started out i was like oh man i love this one and and it still has a lot of that like a lot of that nostalgia for me and it'll probably always yeah. be a four cheers for that reason yeah but it's just like one i always keep around and i do love it but i've also like started to realize like it's it's good it's like maybe accurately priced and maybe slightly overpriced like just like by like two dollars you know when i when right. i see it it's one of those but i still love it um it has i think i i, I it's a really delicate bourbon and it comes with a cross like that way. It has like a really delicate balance. It has like some nice like vanilla oak, like standard bourbon flavors. Um, it has the port finish. Um, it's not super strong in that. I pick it up like a little bit in like the nose, kind of like almost like a, like a jammy type of, you know, or like a, like a, like a fruit preserve type, type scent in the nose. Okay. Um, but other than that, it has like, like I said, this like very nice palette. Um, it's not too abrasive. It just has like this nice kind of swirling like leather and vanilla type flavors. And then a finish that uh, I think again, like this, typically I find when something is finished in a wine barrel, you like find it in the nose and the finish, right? Because the, the burn of alcohol is so strong in bourbon, especially in, but in all whiskeys that it's going to be really hard to find like wine flavors, like in the actual body of it. And so you'll find it like in the, in the nose and in the finish. Um, and that's true here. Like it's, it's very light. It's just like this slight kind of like this berry jam again type flavor um, that you, that you're left with. And then um, kind of like, again, just like the vanilla flavors you're left with a little bit and like maybe a little bit of rye spice. So um, it's a great, it's a great bourbon. It'll always be great to me. I think it's better to me than to other people. Cause it like has again, that extra nostalgic right. aspect, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's fun to like kind of bring it back. And like normally when I have it, I'm like, Oh yeah, angels on me. And I just start drinking it. You know, I don't always like sit and like analyze it. Like I would, if I'm going to bring it onto the podcast. So that was like kind of fun to do. That's cool. I don't know if I've ever actually had angel envy. You may have given me some at some point, but yeah, I feel like probably at like w- either before or like right at the beginning of the podcast, I feel like I may have like sh- shared it with you, but you're, You've tasted a lot more whiskey since the last time you've had it, for sure. <laughs> yes, but it's always 
you know, I always pick it up because it's the one with the angel wings on it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's a very recognizable bottle. Yeah, it's and, got that and so, bottle. yeah, we, I, I have. I'm sure everyone has those, those drinks or those foods or the songs or whatever that you know have that nostalgic value to them. Mm-hmm. That you know, you, you love just a little bit more than anyone else could ever love them. Yeah, so, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's just a little special. It's yeah, it's just a little special. So I'll need to, I'll need to pick up a bottle. It's not super expensive, right? It's like forty five to fifty yeah. typically. Yeah, so. If you can buy it closer to like the 40 to 45, I think that's the range where it's like, this is probably what it's worth. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's not completely blowing up the the price range. Mm -hmm. And so, so I will need to grab it and just because I know that it holds such a special place in your, in in your, on your flight. Right. Uh, On my flight. Yeah, exactly. On my life flight. (laughs) On your life flight. (laughs) That would be a fun topic to talk about. Anyways. So we'll, we'll table that. We'll, we'll, you can try it. You'll be here actually um, in two weeks. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm less than two visit. weeks. Yeah, less than two yeah. weeks. You got a little yep. visit planned, so you can. Uh, I'm you can so taste it then. excited. It's gonna be a great. Yep. Oh man, but excellent. So I'm glad to hear that. That's back on. Yeah. Four cheers. Four cheers. Ex- great. Sweet. What about you? On my flight, so I I have recently moved to Ohio. So I'm a Cincinnati resident. Well, right outside Cincinnati resident now, and the yeah. closest grocery store to my house now is jungle gyms which if you know you know um (laughs) (laughs) so it's a it's a grocery store that kind of has set out to have food drink spices from all over the world they have you know multiple different uh rows of japanese or like maltese just like random food and you can go and find like whatever you're looking for and that's kind of what it's therefore it, you know, like you can find frozen pizzas there as well but like that, <laughs> i'm not i'm not but, without my jacks <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so i mean it's a it's a really unique place it, you can get lost in it very very easily and i have and will do continually but <laughs> they do have a very nice uh liquor and beer and wine selection i mean it, it's a it's a pretty significant area or footprint of their store and i think i may have talked about this because this is where i found the the jameson yeah that was finished in the ipa bottles so yeah that's the same store but i went there they they still do a pick six which a lot of stores have gone away from but so i i I was able to do shame shame (laughs) but i was able to do a pick six and so i was like you know let's uh let's get some stuff that i normally would not grab and so i i am drinking a japanese beer tonight oh sweet yeah so this is acai and it is okay. I Kachuchi is I think probably actually no. If if there's one way to pronounce it, it's not that. I I'll just go, I'll just go ahead and say that. But that that's, that's what not, that's it what seems wrong. It just it just seems wrong. But it is whatever that word is. Kachuchi. I I I hope I'm at least in the ballpark there. It's a it's a word that does not necessarily have a direct translation to English, but basically what it means is that it's dry and crisp at the same time. Okay. And it it's it feels like an apple almost. It's it's a very refreshing beer. I went out and I played disc golf. It's like 85 here today, and so it's nice. And so playing it after or drinking it after playing that after being out in the sun, like it. I mean, it's really good. Like it, I mean, it's fantastic. I don't know if it would be considered craft or not there but it, right, it's, or if it's uh, just like an import yeah i mean but it it's really nice it comes in 11.2 fluid ounce bottles so <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a nice refreshing beer i'll give it three cheers i, I think it's definitely you know deserving of that mm-hmm. it, it's also kind of cool to see different like uh cultures and different areas beer and their take on it right kind of with the whiskey where the 
uh, Japanese with the Suntory whiskey, they had a very precise flavor profile. That's very right. much how this feels in the beer realm, yeah. where it's not a complex flavor profile. Um, and when I say complex, I mean multiple different flavors. I'm right. sure it's very complex to get this flavor, but it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's you know they they nailed that flavor and they did it really well. Yeah. And so, I, I is it a lager? Yes, yes, it is a lager, um, and I've, I'm looking at the bottle. It's actually a product of Italy, and so <laughs> it is. <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a multicultural beer. It, it is <laughs> produced, bottled in Italy, and it says that it is brewed to the authentic Japanese recipe, and right. so it sounds like it's a company out of Italy producing a Japanese style beer. So. So yeah, but it, it is a lot the other way, right? Like a Japanese company producing in Italy for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that two uh two American idiots will talk about it on their podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know we we know what we're talking about. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> really pleasant. I it, it's like one of those that I was kind of just expecting a a standard pilsner from something that tastes like every other pilsner, yeah. like cheap mass produced pilsner and just this is the one that is apparently in Italy instead of J- Japan, and, <laughs> and I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. It is not. It is it is a lot better than Good. something that I would grab a thirty rack of. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> looking at like the bottling, it kind of looks like it could be like a Coors Light, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's kind of like what I was expect or like what I was doing is I was going through there because they have like you know multiple shelves of yeah. You know, here's apparently Italy. Right. Yeah, I thought it was Japan. <laughs> here's uh here's the um Irish, here's like and so they had like multiple different shelves and so I just kind of went around and picked a couple from there and instead of just standing there and looking them up in jungle gyms, mm-hmm. I, I just kinda grabbed the ones that looked interesting. So Yeah. It looks like Asahi Breweries is headquartered. It was founded in Osaka, Japan, and it is headquartered in Tokyo. Okay. So it is a Japanese company. <laughs> Intended to be a Japanese beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is Asahi by, or no, that is Super Dry by Asahi. Yeah. So, that's cool. I wish that there was like a whiskey equivalent of a pick six. Yes. You it's know? called a flight. They're very expensive. I know, expensive it's, exactly. It's called a, a flight, and you can get them at restaurants <laughs> where you're paying more for fluid ounce and you really should need to. But, right. I don't know. I just yeah. wish there was like little bottles, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, they make the little ones a fireball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you can buy them in like an 18 pack. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Instead of just buying a bottle. Um, just want to mix and match. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can throw them to your friends or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Geez. But like, I just, you know, if there was a, cause you can buy, uh, sometimes there are like little packs from a specific distillery, you know, where they're like, right. It's sort of the equivalent of like, you know, like a, 12 pack mixer or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, a variety pack of beer or something, but they have like three or four, you know, and they're like smaller bottles that they're sold in like a little package. Um, so they have those, but I just wish there was like a pick six equivalent of like, yeah, here's like little bottles, you know? And yeah. And there's like six of them, just like little tiny glass bottles. And then there's like open bottles of whiskey and you can just like pour into them and then you like take that to the register or something. Right. I'm sure there's like they're... liquor laws that prevent that, but it would just, eh, I would yeah. love it. It would be neat. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but whatever. no they uh i think there is a company that will do kind of like a mail like they'll send you over the like a a flight selection basically that's similar to that last i looked at mm. it is very very expensive gotcha. but, so that that is that is the unfortunate part but yeah. it does sound like that there's a market here that we could probably look at yeah fantasy and some flights the the flights <laughs> the big six <laughs> the flights <laughs> fantasy and some flights just the flights yeah <laughs> 
yeah. Well, what uh, what's been on your mind? What have you been watching or reading recently? Yeah, dude, we um, so. I know you hate dating podcasts. I really couldn't care less. It's currently <laughs> April 23rd, which means that um, the third installment of Fantastic 421 Beats. 421 p.m. Right. Oh, <laughs> Eastern time. Um, yes. It means that the third installment of Fantastic Beats came out yesterday, I think, or something. It came out this week. And so we went to see it yesterday. We went to see um, oh, yeah? Secrets of Dumbledore, which probably mm. should be Secrets of Dumbledores, but, <laughs> you know, it's called Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, and not spoiling anything, but... It, it really got me thinking of, I think the biggest thing I took away is that I don't think J.K. Rowling has a thorough understanding of what made Harry Potter good. Okay. You know, yeah. like I don't think she understands. I, I think it might have just, she did some writing that was really good and she had some really great ideas and she built this world that people got like really into culturally and she like doesn't know why. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but she's very involved in the making of the movie. She like does basically the screenplay for them and she produces them. Um, so it's not like, you know, somebody's coming over and just licensing Harry Potter and screwing it up. Like, this is her. She is actively very involved in it. She is uh, actively screwing it up herself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's entirely her fault. Um, and I wonder, too, like, if it's just the medium, you know, like, if she maybe she just isn't a good screenwriter. You know, like, maybe yeah, I, she just can't make movies. Like, she's just maybe really good at writing books and not good at writing movies, you know? Yeah. There's uh, that there's the Mitch Hedberg joke, right? Where he's like, he's a comedian. It's like, mm-hmm. well, can you act? it's like it's like it's like uh a chef coming in it's like oh cool you're a chef you're a trained chef can you farm like they're they're completely different things and so and i know that sanderson has talked about this a lot in his like lectures and on Mm -hmm. podcasts and everything where he is a very adept and obviously a very proficient book writer yeah and he is working on learning screenwriting he goes i could not go out really and do it well today right Right. like it's it's a completely different skill and a completely different medium and i'm afraid that sometimes people can get so successful in their books that they feel that that skill translates you know one-to-one yeah yeah and i really feel like that's happening and um because like as i'm watching the movie you know and again no no spoilers feel free you know i'm not gonna spoil it go watch it yourselves but um and the other thing was like honestly like the movie's probably f- like fine to like slightly bad, but it's not bad. It's I wouldn't say it's yeah. a bad movie. I just would say it's like a disappointing movie because it can be mm-hmm. it could be so amazing, um, and it's just like not. But it for me really just like somehow like lost the magic, you know, hmm. um, like the magic of like Harry Potter and how cool it is or whatever. Like you know the magic to the viewer, yeah. But actually just like the magic of the world. Is like yeah. not in, not in the movie. Like, oh. um, like a lot of the settings feel very just like normal. Um, and even if they are like in a magic setting, like it's all these magic users, then they're in like a normal setting, you know. And it's not like Hogwarts where the where the stairs are all moving setting. around and yeah. there's ghosts and you know there's flying letters all over the place and it just like you feel so like immersed in it, right? It's just like the whole scenery is saturated with like the magic of the universe and it really like from the world building perspective, it really gives you a lot. And this movie didn't, it didn't feel that way. That's frustrating because I know that we both really like that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it it feels like, you know, that's, that's kind of what I think is one of the pillars that makes Harry Potter as a series successful is that um, it's, you know, it's written to a target audience of like middle, middle to high, like young adult, right? About a a boy in middle school at the start um, who's introduced from his normal life into this magical life. 
Yeah. And so you kind of get taken along in that. And you as the reader sort of identify with that and you're sort of experiencing all the wonder and all of the, you know, the magic of this world and how cool it is. And there's, you know, there's unicorns and giant spiders and, you know, there's dragons and, and there's like all this, uh, like all the magical creatures. There's like no magical creatures in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, you know? like the, That was, it was definitely a poor named franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it, it felt like it, it needs to be named something else. Fantastic Beasts is it is straight too far from that yeah for sure for sure because it's now become like exploring dumbledore's younger life and his like this greater conflict with grindelwald which is a cool story and yeah. you know totally worthy of a prequel series for sure um but it just doesn't need to be named fantastic beasts like that's a little misleading and and all the like beasts that are in it are like made up like specific it's like where are all of the ones that i'm used to seeing none of them are in it. and why <laughs> right. are there all these new ones that i've never heard of before <laughs> like, right yeah you know so it feels very like dissonant i think very like disjointed and disconnected from like harry potter that we know like there's you know like all the creatures that i'm used to seeing i would expect to see him interacting with them um and like learning about them or writing about them or something and and like that's not happening so yeah well, that's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I fell asleep during the second movie. I still have not seen it all the way through. So I, it, it's, it was just one of these, it felt like they were throwing way too much at you. And I wonder if that was one of the criticisms that JK heard is that so much was left out of the later movies in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And she tried to cram everything that she would cram into a book, into a movie. And it just felt too much. Dude, I, in preparation for, so I did not fall asleep. I, I did watch the second <laughs> one. Um, Ooh, crimes of Brad, I think it's Crimes bro? of Grindelwald is the second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did watch it, <laughs> and <laughs> I, it was like maybe two years ago, something like that. And I had to go look up because I, I think it came out three years ago, and I watched it like maybe a year after it came out. And I went to look up a plot summary because it was like it's been two years. Like I don't remember like what happened. Um, and my fiance was like describing things. She's like, well, remember there's like this character and he does this and this person does this. And I'm like, what? Like, no. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> and so then like, I read the plot summary and I was like, this is so complicated. Like, it's like, it, like the plot summary. There's a lot summary, going on. Yeah. The plot summary on Wikipedia is like seven paragraphs or something. Like, it's huge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, there's so much going on. Like, I remember now why I don't remember any of this. It's because like, it was yeah. all, like a lot of it was just, I was missing it, you know? Like it, um, and I think you're right. I think it comes from being a book author who has time to, um, to sort of develop these like concepts. And and now that's kind of like it's kind of missing. You know, right. I think the other like book author thing was that was missing again, kind of like showing us the magic of it. I think it yeah. was a little bit assumed that we would still feel that, and without like actually showing it and actually kind of making it happen in the movie, um, it, it like gets lost. And so it's like this doesn't that's feel like bad. a Harry Potter movie anymore. You know? Yeah, that's too bad. Because yeah. what what makes Harry Potter great is that whimsical nature and the world and the magic and just how yeah so it's frustrating mm-hmm. to hear that that got lost in, in yeah. this upcoming series or this series how many there's gonna be like five movies too right I I honestly don't know this was the third and based on the pacing I would assume five it, it felt okay. like a third movie in a five movie series it felt like a middle point. Just kind yeah. of what happened and where it ended. I guess to me that I was like, this. There's probably five in this, and I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I'm trying to look up because I think that the, yeah, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, uh, domestic box office, or the opening weekend was 42 million. That is not that much. That is not that much. So that that is by far the lowest. Yeah. Of all of them. 
the to kind of give a perspective harry potter and the sorcerer's stone opening weekend was 90 million so over double and a lot smaller budget i'm sure and a lot smaller budget yeah production budget was 125 million versus 200 million yeah so yeah it's like wow and it's just i i don't know that that that's that's hard to see yeah the deathly hollows part two was a 170 the opening weekend wow that yeah with a 125 budget yeah oh i'm sure like <laughs> that, that's not surprising though right that's the end of an era but yeah um i i think fans are sh- showing that i think that there is a little bit of you have to take these numbers with the nuance because streaming is so prevalent now and sure. that, like i i haven't been to a movie theater since dune but yeah before that it was like i don't oh, know man, dune i was good dune, dune was awesome so i i think there is something to think about there with that but it's also just like i don't i love harry potter i don't really have a desire to see this movie i think there's also maybe a larger miss going on for the last couple of years in filmmaking around you know just big flashy action scenes and um right. just a ton like you can tell like so much of this movie is a green screen um, oh and yeah. it's like why does you know I don't. I don't know. Why? Why does Goblet of Fire look more realistic than this movie? You know, like <laughs> right. that's a, that's a shame. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that like a lot of money is going into that, and and they're not putting they're not developing these characters in interesting ways, and they're not putting like you know interesting and important decisions in front of them. You're you're not like kind of following the like the storyline in a you're not invested in it right you're not like oh like how are they going to solve this problem and you're not like oh this is such a hard decision for this character to make there's so much conflict and turmoil around this like what are they going to do right you know i think most of the characters felt like they were just kind of being drug along by the story and and it was like who is actually influencing this like i know grindelwald is kind of doing some stuff and dumbledore is kind of doing some stuff but everybody else just feels like they're kind of ancillary you know right that they're you you're just seeing what is happening to them but you're not actually like experiencing the story through them and they're not actually impacting the story so yeah and, and it's i bring that up because i think a lot of a lot of the marvel movies have kind of gone that way recently you know i think there's been some big misses in i don't know in black widow which i thought was horrible and chang chi which i thought was okay but you know felt i just felt kind of similar i'm like this is a lot of flashy action and right i, I need to identify with this guy a little bit more right you know? like yeah iron man one did not have a ton of flashy action and it was awesome like right <laughs> it's a great yeah. movie yeah yeah, people like people are drawn to characters, not necessarily green or yeah effects, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I've talked a lot about it. I didn't mean to talk this long about it. I just <laughs> it was like last night, and so I'm like, I'm yeah. like really. Fired You're still up. a little amped up about it. I yeah. was. I was like, that was that was so disappointing. And <laughs> you know, if I could just sit someone down and like talk to them and be like, this is why this is bad. How do you not understand how Harry Potter is good and how to replicate it? Like, well, I'm I'm glad. I I hope that I could help provide that outlet for you. So. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate you helping me process this. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here for you, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so anyway, so now that they've gotten to listen to my you know, therapy session with you, yep. <laughs> um, is there anything on, on your mind that you wanted to talk about before we talk about yeah. death? <laughs> yeah, so before we talk about death, I I just I feel like we need to say it at least in one episode, or once in every, every episode. I finished The Great Hunt, so we're making our way very slowly through the Wheel of Time series. Cheers so. to that. Yep. I didn't realize that you had actually started the second one, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a couple hours into the third one now. Really good. I like the second one was really really interesting. Yeah. I I thought it started out a little bit slow. Like, yeah. But I like the end was like insane. So I was like, okay, well, Dude, we're doing this. The end is nuts. You're the like, end holy is nuts. shit. If you know, you know. Anyways, yeah. The <laughs> and we've so, we've heard before. Sorry, actually, you're, this is no, your, yeah, you no. talk. <laughs> no, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. I was, I was just gonna say to... we've heard 
people, I think it was McKay told us like, yeah, if you read the second one, you will know kind of what the rest is like and, and you'll want to read the rest of the series. And, right. And I do. Yeah. I do want to read the rest. Uh, outside of that, I have been watching. Okay. Let me preface this. Like, I think that the new Marvel movies are a lot of the new Marvel movies. No, actually, I'm not even going to say that. Some of the new Marvel movies, like you were saying, have been a miss. Like, but I think, you know, Spider-Man, awesome. One of the best yeah, Marvel was, movies of all time. And, that was and cool. I, I wonder if, you know, you've already established a character and you've already connected with the character, whereas like Shang-Chi, you didn't have an established character. And so mm-hmm. may, maybe that helped with it. But I think that they have really been doing a fantastic job on the TV series. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Like, and so I've been watching Moon Knight, which is... Oh, yeah. Been, which is coming out now. Have you watched any of this? I've watched the first three episodes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so and I think I've, only the fourth I, is out right now. So I think only I'm just an episode behind. Fourth is out. Yeah. So I, I've watched the first three as well. Yeah. And I've really been enjoying it. It's like neat. I it's really neat. I love Egyptian like theme. Yeah. Like the Egyptian theme. And so I like that draws very, very heavily from the Egyptian theme. But yeah. it's also like I feel like I'm connecting with the character um (laughs) but what's really cool about moon knight is that he has he almost doesn't know that he's a superhero sometimes and so it's like it's it it plays with a lot of these emotions he has a lot of different like alter ego type um it's like almost a multiple personality thing but yeah 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 and so i i've just been really excited about that there's been action scenes in it but it hasn't been over the top but Mm -hmm. And really, actually, not even that many so far. Yeah, a couple right? like it, beat em up scenes or whatever. But yeah, actually, a but, lot of it is done by implication in the, especially in the first right. like two episodes. Right, which is which is really cool, right? You don't get yeah. to see like any of the action. Yeah, and so, but I I've just been really enjoying that. I I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm kind of interested to see how it plays into the larger MCU. Yeah, because like with Loki and with um. The Scarlet Witch one, which I can never remember the name when I'm on the podcast for some reason. Um, <laughs> WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah. Like those, those have just very the two names clear... crammed together. <laughs> yeah, just put put them together. Just do it. Uh, those have very clear tie-ins to the the MCU. Yeah. Right. And I haven't figured that out how Moon Knight really does that yet. Yeah. And so I, I'm interested to see yeah. uh, how they plan on doing that. Yeah. It's cool to see um, bringing back Dune. It's cool to see Duke Leto Atreides beating people up yep on the daily yep. that's pretty neat i love like honestly it was one of my favorite pilots like i loved yeah that pilot episode. It was i thought really it was cool. so cool it was really really cool the way it's filmed and like just the way it's like especially if you don't know anything about moon knight which i didn't really like the, the way it's kind of like drawing you in i was like so hooked i was like oh my god yeah. this is like this is so what is cool. happening yeah what is happening yeah um, yeah and again you're I, right I, like I, there's like they almost show like basically like no action that that is being like shown it's like all these cool like camera angles and implications and it's like i just i loved the way that it was filmed i thought it was so yeah it was really well done the only thing that i knew about moon knight really was speculation on what he would be like as a marvel champions character and then everything from marvel legendary so that that was my extent of knowledge of moon (laughs) knight so (laughs) yeah um have you watched hawkeye any of hawkeye yeah yeah okay well i I don't know anything about it how was that i liked it i i thought it was good um it not not top tier from like the new stuff that they've been putting out yeah but i i thought it was good it felt like it was more an interlude series okay it's like hey we're um like this character's not dead (laughs) yeah this character's not dead clint clint is here and then he's basically training his protege okay which is kate so kate bishop hawkeye like so 
I, I thought it was good. There were some interesting parts. It opens up some questions, which I think was, was good for yeah. them to do. But it, it definitely, I mean, it was nowhere near as well as well done as Moon Knight or, or WandaVision or Loki or any yeah. of those. So, yeah, it, those three are like so far have been really good. I, I'm hoping that Moon Knight hits that level because I loved Loki. I thought Loki was amazing. Yeah, Loki I, was I loved really WandaVision. Great. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Captain was, Winter Soldier. Or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Was, I was kind of okay. I was kind of okay. I was just like fifty fifty on that one. I, yeah. I thought it was fine. I was I was glad I watched yeah. it, but it just was like, man, this nothing yeah, good, nothing bad kind of thing. They're doing like that one felt more like Hawkeye to for okay. for me, where it, it's like, hey, these are the characters that are going to be playing a huge part in the upcoming films. Gotcha. Yeah, I kind of setting some of that up. Yeah, it's on my list. I just. I was actually going, I was had a free night and I was going to go watch Hawkeye and then like Moon Knight had just dropped. And I was like, well, I'll watch this instead. Cause yeah, <laughs> like, it just looked well, more yeah. interesting. And, so yeah, I, haven't watched I mean, yet, Disney plus is, I think probably right now the most bang for your buck in streaming services because <laughs> you, you got, if you like the, like they have a lot the, within their genres, right? So if you yeah, like the genres yeah, yeah, they have, yeah. yeah, they'll hook you up. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Uh, <laughs> true. True. Yeah. So we're getting in just a little bit over a month from the recording of this podcast we're getting obi-wan mm-hmm. and so i'm super excited about that that's gonna be a six series mini series for awesome. star wars six episode and, mini series yeah six hot oh, damn i wish it was a six series mini series <laughs> i was like that's a hell of a mini series <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a big one no yeah six episode mini series we're getting Sweet. two episodes i think on the 20 not the 25th um the 27th i think of may. Of, of may so we're getting two two episodes of dropping that that day nice and so i i am very excited about that there's just a lot of content that they are putting out and so far it hasn't i i have always had the concern that they've been taking on too much mm-hmm. and that the quality will start to dip i don't think i've seen that necessarily yeah and so so that is good that yeah. is good trick is to just keep paying more people just more money yeah, yeah. <laughs> dump more money out and yeah you'll see it return yep man oh that's crazy all right let's talk about death all right let's get into death yeah speaking of obi-wan <laughs> speaking um, of oh <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna have alert. to be a bit of a light tone to some of yes this, yeah it's gonna be the most depressing episode um let's yeah. talk let's talk really quickly about spoilers yeah um because we nelson and i had a conversation um this is a we we, ha- we obviously we go in and out of having episodes that are difficult book episodes that are difficult to avoid spoilers for mm-hmm. um and so we try to always keep it just trimmed down to like star wars lord of the rings harry potter i might even be missing one from that but i think those are the big three that we always those said. are the big three yeah. yeah those are always the big three that we're like we're, we can say whatever we want about these um i think for <laughs> this one we've decided to also include uh, any basically any episodes we've recorded or any books we've recorded in an episode for um, which is always kind of the intent but we also know that sometimes people they haven't had the time to read red rising and so and so they they skip past that right um and and we're just we're trying to say like here we're going to probably probably have misborn content um that's yep. a big one if you haven't book read one. misborn then book, book one. one yeah sorry but just final yeah. empire um that that would be you may not want to like listen to this portion of this episode if you haven't read that. Um, we probably will cover Red Rising. I think for that one, it actually it happens pretty early in the book, so it may not be the world's biggest spoiler if you listen to it. Right. Um, so that one might be okay. Um, are there? Oh, and then we had also talked about um, Game of Thrones, the book, not actually Song of Ice and Fire, the series, but Game of Thrones, the first book of the Song of Ice and Fire series. Yeah. Um, but that's been out for a while, and 
and with the TV show, um, with the amount of like memes around the characters that die in the first book, right. um, there are some really important deaths there, and we'd like to be able to talk about that. And so if any of those three are going to be a deal breaker for you, then you know you might have to skip this episode until you've read them. Um, <laughs> right. Are there any that you wanted to add to that list? Uh, no. Okay. No, not, not, not really. Cool. I think, yeah, we, we can pull enough examples from those rather than... You know, just spoiling every single series out there. So yeah, I think I, I I can convey all the points that I need to with the confines of those five six series. Okay, so <laughs> cool. Alrighty, so talk to me about character death. Character Why do death. people die? Why what do is people death? die? <laughs> Why are we alive? <laughs> <laughs> what is our purpose in life, Dalton? Oh man, yeah, let's cover that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, okay, I'm going to go get another drink. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bring the bottle. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, um, yeah, I think we we experience it a lot in fiction, right? Both in sci-fi and fantasy. It is a really it's a really used tool because it's a really it's yeah. like it's used. I think for the same reason that like love stories are used, right? That's a very identifiable and very powerful emotion. We have we as people just have a lot of emotions tied up into both of those topics, um, into love and death. Um, we're only covering half of that though. So love is another episode <laughs> later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll cover love stories maybe. Um, that'll be a fun episode. Yeah. yeah. But, um, the romantic yeah, that I am. Exactly. <laughs> but there's nothing that like more directly creates like an all is lost type feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, that can just like bottom a character out. That can like just be the, the depths of despair so that the author can kind of like bring them back out of that, right? And have like a redemption. And that huge like emotional swing that comes back to like telling story arcs that we've talked about, these like high tension points and um, and all of that, that like death can force that issue a little bit. It's kind of a tool that it, that helps the author impart that level of emotion really quickly. So because of that, we run into it all the time. <laughs> it's like very common. Right. I like what you just said. It, it's a tool that can create tension very well because we can relate to it as humans as as humans like unfortunately we've all known and experienced death and if you haven't then sorry it's going to happen to you mm-hmm. right it, it's it's and it's tragic and it's sad it creates tension it creates you know a ripple in your life and mm-hmm. you can relate to that and understand okay wow like obi-wan just died that's going to change the projection of my life forever as mm-hmm. luke it's a way to create massive amounts of tension as well as you know, get the story across. In most stories, there are some exceptions. It's final, right? Yeah. The death is the end of that character. There is no coming back from death. We are done with death and we're, mm-hmm. it, it's over. Like that, and that creates a finality that can, one, close the character's story arc or propel another one's forward. Mm-hmm. And I like how, and, and obviously they can do both. Like actually most every single time they do both. Right. right. So, <laughs> so it, it creates a nice literary device for an author to help tell the story. Yeah. Have you heard, um, have you heard George R. R. Martin talk about how Gandalf should stay dead or should have stayed no. dead? No, It's kind of a funny, like we don't, we don't, you can go look it up if you're curious about it. He's got like rants about it. Right. About how Gandalf <laughs> should have stayed, stayed dead. It's like a big issue for him, I think. Um, <laughs> But, like, it's an interesting concept, right? Like, Gandalf dies, and it's this, like, in the book, you're like, holy shit, like, Gandalf died. Like, that's not yeah. supposed to happen. Like, he's, right. like, yeah. he's, like, keeping everybody alive. Like, what are they going to do? You know, this is, well, like, he's they're the screwed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, RIP, you know, may as well just yep. aim the ring over now. You know, no G-G. more Gandalf. Yeah, GG, let's play again. Um, <laughs> deal him again. Yeah. 
but then he comes back later right and so you're like oh okay yeah it's this big triumphant return or whatever he's gandalf the white you know yeah how neat <laughs> but it does like i think for him for martin brings into it brings death into question now right it questions the finality that you're talking about yeah right because you said most right um right. and honestly it's so frustrating i think when you're reading a book and a character comes back from the dead and you're or like watching a show and they get come back from the dead and you're like come on like yeah yeah it's a very special case where i'm not like okay like yeah. that's dumb yeah right there, there are very few times in literature and sto- and shows that i'm just like cool like i'm glad he's back yeah i am a leaf on the wind um i don't know there's like i I think you're right i think there's very few times and it and then like tv shows and and books they'll play around with like you know with like oh we're not sure like you're not sure if this character is dead because like the character whose story your your perspective you're seeing like they didn't see them die it's just like implied that they probably died you know because they like a building collapsed on them or you know, they like rode away and like, you know, the, I don't know, they were in like their ship blew up or something. Right. And it's like, oh, but there was an escape pod. And you're like, okay, come on. Like, I don't <laughs> want to find this out like later, you know, it, right. like now when like a character dies and I'm like, eh. you know, like in that story, I'm like, yeah. we'll see, you know, and yeah. I don't like that feeling. I don't like, like having to be like, eh. I don't know if I believe it. One okay. of the biggest offenders of this, I think honestly to me is Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, no one yeah. is ever st- no one ever stays dead and then people who are dead are force ghosts now and so it's like it, it, it does take death and palpatine's come back to life nine times now and yeah it's it, so like i think that that was one of the biggest criticisms i had with you know the final the finality of the sequel trilogy is that oh palpatine returned it's like mm-hmm. okay like we talked about this like <laughs> uh and and so it, it does make death in star wars like less it has less of an impact and i think that that is too designed at some point right like darth maul is not dead right mm-hmm. he's cut in half thrown down a reactor shaft and oh no but he's fine so yeah. like it, it allows people to bring back and it's gone so much down the side of oh if they're dead they're probably not rabbit hole that it's gotten to the point where it's almost a storytelling device yeah and like on the other end and so I, I don't know. It, like, oh, this character has to go through a death sequence now. Like yeah. a death arc. You know, like they <laughs> yep. have to resolve this. <laughs> yep. Where, where's the, the shaft that they're going to be throwing down? Yep. Yeah, okay. They're, exactly. Yep. They're, that's why Han is still alive. I'm telling you. Han yeah. is still alive because <laughs> he fell down a shaft. Yep. But Inconclusive. It, yeah. So that is one of the areas where Star Wars falls short for me is w- mm-hmm. it, with death. Like, I don't think that they handle death very well. Yeah. On the other hand, like um, where it can be used well. It can be used well, like we said. To um, I think you're I think you're right to to close or or to start um, like doors closing and doors opening is a good way to think of it as as a literary device that a character has um, that their time has ended and kind of the story that they are trying to to tell has ended for us the the reader um, and it's just a different way to like close it up right because otherwise like what's the other way that people's story end like they ride into the sunset or something and that's not like you know that's not always satisfying for all of the heroes to just get what they want at the end of the movie or, or at right. the end of the story right. and like right off yeah. into the sunset. That's like not all, like it sort of diminishes um, all of their accomplishments. If like none of them had to kind of like sacrifice. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. kind of that threat of, Oh, a character might die. Um, and there might be sacrifice kind of like adds weight to, to what they're accomplishing. Right. So I think like where Gandalf dies and comes back, um, I think Boromir kind of, 
encompasses that other part of like sacrifice, right? Yes. Um, that yeah. his, his death, and, and there's obviously, there's a lot leading up into Borromeo's storyline that we've talked about, um, all this like actualization and all of this like um, kind of coming back from temptation and all of that, right? So there, there's a lot more that's like wrapped up into Boromir's death. But one of the important things that it does is that it shatters the fellowship. And so it's almost like mm-hmm. you could almost consider everything up to Boromir's death as the exposition if you wanted to. Like, yeah. Really that, I don't think yeah. that's accurate, but you know, it's one <laughs> way to think of it because it's such a pivotal moment like that the, mm-hmm. the book just takes a 180 and like the course of the story totally changes from what you thought it was going to be. Um, and death becomes, it's like now on the table. You're like, oh shit, like is Pippin going to die? Like, I don't want Pippin yeah. to die, but like now that's on the table, right? Because Boromir did. So right, yeah. Maybe Aragorn and, can die. Maybe Frodo can die. I don't know. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it a little bit more real, and that's where I think yeah. uh, Song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones series, like Martin is not afraid to kill characters, and yeah. I think that's well known, well established. Even if you have not read or seen the show, you know that people die in that show. Yeah, right. And that's kind of the exact same as when Ned is killed in, in a Song of Ice and, or in a Game of Thrones. Yeah which is the first series, the first book of the Song of Ice and Fire trilogy, or not trilogy, yeah, um, series. Series. And, yeah, series. Saga. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, saga. Ongoing, ever-long, never-ending saga. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where where it's, it's that same thing, and that's kind of where you realize, oh, it sets the tone for the entire series. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is realistic in that sense. There is no plot armor. There, like, mm-hmm. the... It was, especially in the show, it, it was built up that Ned is the main character. Yeah. And then he gets his head cut off. Yeah. In like the first couple episodes. And you're like, okay, we're doing this. Like, yeah. And, and it, it creates a sense of realism, which I think Boromir does very well in Lord of the Rings. Ned does very well in Game of Thrones. I think it kind of does it a little bit differently because um, like Lord of the Rings, you know, people don't die as frequently and but it opens up that <laughs> option right yeah. and with game of thrones that's what creates so much of the tension for me is is sansa going to be alive next chapter is yeah. are all of these characters going to be here in 30 hours of right. this book and that's what's captivating and keeps me coming back to it yeah and like ned's death did that for me yeah yeah it's incredibly pivotal in that sense like the the feeling of like these char- like I think you always assume like a main character might die, but not if I'm hearing the story from their perspective. It seems like a little safer, um, right? And especially if I wouldn't call them like the main character, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you, abs- I think you are right that like if you had to pick one person as the main character of the first book, it would be Ned, and he just dies yeah. at the end of it. And you're yeah. like, what the hell? Like, he's- <laughs> what? What just happened? Yeah, yeah, what just happened? Like, he's he's my fave, and and, and now he's gone. Um, yeah. And I think um, from a from a from a world building perspective, Ned's death also it's sort of like a death that symbolizes a lot of um, where, like where the world is going at the time. Right. It's a death of like his ideals um, as his, like he's like this really honorable character. You know, he's like not this person who's like going through the back channels and, and you Mm -hmm. know, politicizing and assassinations and warming. Like that's not him. Like he's like upfront and, you know, and it's sort of like the death of like that ideal. It's like also a little bit of like symbolizing like the death of like, innocence of the reader right because they yep. are thinking that like oh the good guys will prevail in this story and um the good guy doesn't the good guy dies yep um, yep and so it's sort of like it like ends <laughs> that you know illusion for you mm, very much so yes yeah. i think in like prepping for this episode i was trying to think of what types of things deaths character deaths can do um, and that was that category that like death of ideal or like death of innocence um, was one of them. I think like another example to hop over to um, Harry Potter, 
um, would be like Dobby, right? Um, so Dobby dies and you're like, well, that, that wasn't cool. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to do that. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and, and there's actually a lot, I think for all the criticism that I was giving, um, JK Rowling earlier, I think she handles character deaths very well across this, like across the seven books. I think for the most part, when a character dies, it's for like a very specific reason and it's typically done pretty well. Um, interesting. You disagree? I, I, I do disagree. I, I think that when she does it well, she does it really well. But a lot of the deaths, she does not do well. The, I don't. I don't necessarily think a lot of the deaths provide a lot of. Um, a, 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 I don't think a lot of the deaths provide benefit to the story. Okay. Like I. I don't think Fred needed to die in the last chapter, of the book. Right. Like. Mm. Like. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more fallout of that. I guess that kind of helps Harry with his decision to go out into the forest and everything. But it, it seems like when she does kill characters, it's more of a shock value than this helps shape the story a little okay. bit more. So, okay. So I think then let's take Harry Potter for a minute because I think this is a good, like, sort of case study in character deaths. Okay. Because um, the first major one is Cedric, right? Is there a character yeah. death before Cedric that matters? Uh, Quirrell. Yeah, uh, yeah, the bad guy dies, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. whatever. Like that is probably a type of character death, like mm, you know, mm-hmm. a death of consequence basically, like um, you know, I, I don't I don't know. The bad yeah. guy dies. That that's like kind of common. <laughs> um yeah. and it's probably for finality, like you were talking about earlier more than mm-hmm. anything. It's just like mm-hmm. to give like a closure here. Um right. and like a consequence to their action, like oh bad guy did bad thing, now he die. Like okay, yes. sure. <laughs> I can accept that. Yep. Um consequences. Yeah, consequences, motherfucker. It's <laughs> um, so like that one's probably, you know, yeah, Quirrell, Quirrell dies. Cedric dying, we've talked about before, like, kill the spare is like, yeah. it, that is a major 180, right? It's, it's like Gormir dying in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Cedric's death is done very, very well. Yeah, for sure. Right. I, I that's That puts into perspective how little Cedric meant to Voldemort. Yeah. Right? Kill the spare. Like, okay, well, you know, that's, that's a tone shift. He's back. We're going for it. This is going to set the pace for the rest of the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, But like with Dobby, I don't actually know, like, I, I, I thought Dobby's death was really sad. I don't necessarily know what it accomplished other than shock value. Cause I think the death of Hedwig almost does that same thing as the death of innocence. It's, you mm. know, they're flying out. Hedwig's dead. It kind of symbolizes, you know, that, you know, we're going out into the world. It's, it's a different era of his life, mm-hmm. but, and then we just kill Dobby later, which yeah. like I, Dobby, Fred, um, the creepy, like a lot of those deaths later in deathly hallows, I feel like are there because she was, ex- people expected people to die. Yeah. Creepy. Colin Creevy, picture dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. About just him. like, oh yeah, there's he's dead now. Yeah. Like okay. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Dobby. I, I kind of, um, I'd kind of forgotten about Hedwig. So you're right. Maybe like what was accomplished by killing Hedwig is kind of covering what's killing Dobby, because Hedwig feels like personal. Dobby, I think, feels to me the reason I was thinking of him. Uh, it feels like a bystander. Like it feels like a true innocent that is now right. Um, yeah sort of been killed but 
is a result of Harry's actions, you know? Um, like yeah. he's, he has to yeah. like kind of take that responsibility on a little bit and kind of like live mm-hmm. with that. Like, yep. oh, this is now like, I'm not, I'm no longer just putting myself and my direct friends in, in danger. I'm, I'm putting innocent bystanders basically in danger. Right. Um, and he kind of yeah. has to like deal with that. Right. Right. Um, they're serious earlier. Right. Um, I think that one is important because, um, not because it like, like we already had Cedric died. So like, we already know that like death is on the table. Um, but it like, it kicks off like a PTSD route for Harry. That's like a really yeah. important part of his yeah. character story. Um, so it like triggers something for like, he had to lose somebody kind of like, like this last pillar of support that he was kind of clinging to, like it's torn from him. And, and like, I think that's important for him. It's like, that one makes sense. I think Fred at the end, I, I think it is, it's a, it's another almost like a similar to like a death of consequence, but it's like a consequence of Harry's actions. Like if he had gone through with fighting instead of just giving himself up, right um and nobody died it would have kind of felt like oh that worked out you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, that, and that that's fair i mean yeah. like it does make it real it, it makes it, it real yeah there, there are consequences even when you do prevail yeah right so i like i, I get that i yeah. i i wish it had happened a little bit earlier it felt very much mm-hmm. like a i'm killing you know i i have a quota to kill five people so gotcha. he, here they off. are we'll cross them off the list right yeah so but the ones that are developed like cedric serious though dumbledore right mm-hmm. those deaths snape. i think are done snape is done are done really really well yeah it's, it's the the one-offs which i guess like could be argued that that is the tone of the book at that point there are mm. so many dead people that yeah colin's there he's dead yeah right like that that happened so what like so i guess like that's true i guess if you look at it like that but it, it does feel very much like a at least to me it feels very mm-hmm. much a, like okay yeah we'll we'll just cross these people off the list because i'm kind of almost an afterthought yeah um yeah i could see that and i wonder how like limited you are by just hearing the story only from harry's perspective right Um, yeah like people have to die that are important to harry and they're not important to harry and i like fred is an interesting one because to the reader it's still like really important fred's like important to harry too but um yeah you like you have this like really strong empathy path through george of like oh my god i can't believe she killed only one of the twins like i would have never oh you know, yeah that was that was rude yeah like, <laughs> rude yeah um and so like again you're she's using death for sure to invoke a really strong emotion really quickly um right and like it does that um but you're right like you could also look at it and like is that a cheap thrill i don't know maybe but um but I like that Harry's consequences, that is, sorry, that Harry's choices have consequences, right? That his yes. actions yeah. result in yeah, something yeah. bad and he doesn't just like choose something that seems like the right path and it all works out for him, right? Like he has to kind of right. live with that, you know, going yep. forward. I, I I guess kind of circling back to, you know, coming back to life, Star Wars does it. I think Harry Potter, like there are a lot of characters that quote, come back to life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he talks to his parents multiple times. He talks to Dumbledore after Dumbledore's dead. Mm-hmm. He talks to Sirius through, well, that's not really, not not Sirius, I'm sorry, Snape through kind of pensive. Like you get yeah. all of Snape's story after he's dead, which that, that one, I'm going to stri- strike that from the record. I'm not using that as an example. Yeah, that one's probably uh, fair. <laughs> that, that one's probably fair. But like a lot of the, the deaths, like death in Harry Potter is not finale. Final mm-hmm. finale. Wow, yeah, it, it loses some finality. Yeah, it loses some finality, right? And, and I mean, that's what Voldemort is, right? Voldemort is living multiple, multiple different souls, right? Mm-hmm. Dumbledore or Dumbledore. Voldemort cannot be killed, and that's his whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so he's playing with death, and so like it's just kind of interesting to kind of think about that. And death feels more final in Harry Potter to me, mm-hmm. 
because I think it's not, they don't physically come back to life, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're not there walking, talking, breathing. Yeah. It, it's more of a, you're interacting with a memory or a, yeah. Uh, like with no, the stone. Mirror. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that layer of separation probably helps maintain the like honoring of death that like, yeah, mm, their spirits mm-hmm. live on or whatever, but right. But you know, he doesn't get a hug from his mom or, or you know, right. like there's like, there's a layer of like, there's still a, a, a consequence and mm-hmm. you know, there's something here that is like really painful. Um, and it's like sort of honoring that while still mechanistically like using magic to kind of like cut some corners and, and play some games. But you're right. I think I kind of mind it less than star Wars where it's like, yeah. oh, he's just not dead. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Fine. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's talk about a couple more um, types of death. Um, okay. I think the big one that we have like hinted at, but like not directly talked about yet, is like deaths within exposition. Right? Okay. So Mufasa, right? Mm. Mufasa dying. Oh, by the way, we're Disney. You know, Disney spoilers. Are, are <laughs> it's been game. out for twenty three years. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's Hamlet, so it's yeah. been out for like two hundred fifty or something. Um, it's an yeah. old story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, Mufasa, like um, all of. Simba's story happens because his dad dies, right? And so um, it's kind of like kicking that off. You can think of like um, older Spider-Man with Uncle Ben, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you can think of Ellie from Up. Oh God, why, don't do that. To the, me. the saddest, like <laughs> the saddest quiet scenes I've ever you know watched in a movie. Yeah, and like Ned does this a little bit, mm-hmm. like kind of kicking it off, and like I like how we've been flirting with this idea, and. Typically, I would say that these are not main characters. Yeah. Right. The the people who die set the course for the main character in the exposition yeah. of the book for or sure. the story. Right. For sure. Right. I I think you know we we said it before, and we're we're gonna just do it. We're we're just gonna say it. Kelsier died. Right. Like in Mistborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so like I think we were talking a little bit before this episode that like that feels kind of like an exposition for the rest of the series, Mm -hmm. right? It's at the very end of the final empire, but it very much shapes the paths that the, uh, the rest of the series takes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, it feels like a main character death when it happens, right? Cause you are, it it feels a little Ned Stark in that way. Cause you are hearing a lot of the story from his perspective. Um, and he's kind of like masterminding this whole plan and everything. And it, but it like makes this hard shift into like, Oh, by the way, Vin is the main character of the story. Like, right. you know, yep. it like locks that in. And then the rest of the series, like that's honored, you know, she's, there are more characters that you start to hear their perspectives from. Um, but it, it stays very, very tight to, to Vin and what she's doing and what her story is. Um, and I think that makes sense, you know, like it, it, it's a good way to tell the story. It was, but it was surprising when it, when it happens because he's also like been in dangerous situations before and kind of gotten out of it. So it's like, it's not really right. a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, and it does a good job of like kind of putting death on the table. I think, you know, in a mm-hmm. game of Thrones type sense where you're like, Oh, Right. I thought that he was going to be around for a lot longer, you know, for the whole series. Right. Yeah. What? Well, any other examples of exposition deaths that you can kind of think of? Um, yeah, like Lars and Beru, right? Um, so uh, Luke's Luke Skywalker's oh, yeah, aunt, yeah, uncle, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Like that's a that's a pretty obvious exposition death, and you don't really know them as characters, so it doesn't really hit you. Right. Um, but they get like burned to a crisp, so they die, and then you know he it's has to. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough. No, take. no reactor shaft, so you know that they are dead. Yeah, if you see the crispy body, they're you know they're dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> minus Anakin, but <laughs> <laughs> he's only half crispy. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. That's he's fair. like medium rare crispy. <laughs> <laughs> he's still pink on the inside. 
<laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Well, that just happened. It was dark. Okay. Um, let's try and come back from that. That was dark for the death episode, man. That was, <laughs> holy cow. Um, Obi-Wan, right? Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan's a good one. Yeah. He, his dying is kind of an exposition death where, um, like, it's it's similar to, to we were talking about Sirius earlier with Harry. Um, Sirius dying and kind of ripping Harry's last, like, tie to what, you know, like, to a family and to support. Yep. Um, besides his friends, obviously. But, um Obi-Wan kind of does that for Luke, right? It's like, he's the last person who's like from his planet besides the droids, I guess. <laughs> but so like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like last tie to home. It's like his mentor, you know, there's that really funny, like, um, screenshot of like Leia comforting Luke when, you know, after her whole planet has just been blown up and everything <laughs> she knows and loves is gone. And, you know, his karate master has just died. So he's sad about it. That he's known for three days. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man but it like does that for his character right where it's like you have right, to do this yeah. on your own now um until yep. he comes back in the end you're like use the force luke and you're just like oh you're still here ah okay yeah hey there hey there and then again in rise of skywalker because somehow yeah anyways yeah i think this is very prevalent in a lot of stories um specifically fantasy settings you will often see um a a mentor a um, you know, from if it's an orphan, you know, um, it's almost a trope at this. point. It's almost a trope, yeah. Where, um, <laughs> oh, he's teaching. He's teaching the main character. Yeah, he's gone. He's 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 not lasting three hundred more pages. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> Zero chance you survive this book. <laughs> um, kind of the last like category that I wanted to talk about. I mean, if there's more that you're you're wanting to add, we can totally do that. But um, was kind of like a, basically a sacrifice, right? Um, okay, kind of like yeah. a self-actualization um, or a sacrificial type death. Um, Ooh, and, yeah. And these are definitely used for main characters, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, both Boromir and Gandalf, talking about earlier, would fall into this category where they yep. their death like, kind of meant something, right? Yep. Dumbledore. Um, Dumbledore, yeah, absolutely. Um, Snape, you can make an argument for. Yep. Um, although I think people worship Snape and they shouldn't because I think he's still a bad guy. But Harry. I mean, Harry, yeah. Yeah, good like, call. <laughs> right? I mean, he... He knew that he was going to die when he walked into the forest mm-hmm. and he knew that in order to win, he had to do that. Yeah. And so I, I yeah. really like, he also came back. He also came back. They all come back. It's fine. If, it's fine. So the, the, the story here or the lesson here is that if you sacrifice yourself, you will come back to life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bormio didn't come back, but everybody else did. Well, that's um. what you think. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, these are, these are my, and this sounds really weird to say. These are my favorite types of character deaths yeah uh where where it it feels meaningful it's not necessarily always a shock just like oh wow that just happened yeah. but it's like it's for uh, it, i feel like i'm using such nice adjectives to describe death but yeah. it's like a fulfilling death right it is yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think that's like a fine way to think of it it's heroic um so it hits yeah. on these aspects of you as the reader where you're like oh i would want to do that you know i hope that i would be the type of person who would do that yeah i hope i i given that same situation i, yeah. I want to make that choice uh, exactly I wanna make Harry's choice exactly um iron giant oh <laughs> 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 sorry I'm, i just you know i just wanted to throw that one out there just <laughs> oh i'm tearing up man the iron giant that's a sad movie that is really sad it's movie. so good though but yeah what's the line what's what's he say i am superman yeah superman like, <laughs> i we talked about red rising um we did an episode yeah. about that um, oh uh, yeah yeah so eo it's, does this yep. right yep. um his his wife 
um, Darrow's wife does this where she makes kind of a sacrificial death. And this is also kind of an expositional death, right? Because it's kind of mm-hmm. that marks the end of the exposition. And then he like literally leaves his home and like does all the rest of the story. Um, so it's definitely accomplishing that too. But it's not like like Lars and Barry where they just like died because someone killed them. You know, it's yeah. like she like made this choice and it was specifically not a way where she even had to die. And she chose to um, to kind of die for like an ideal and for her purpose. Right. Um, and to kick Darrow off into doing the rest of the, you know, events of the story. That is, I think, a pretty well, well done death. Yeah, yeah that 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 one is really good. Yeah. I and it, it it does have a shock value, yeah. right? Like, I mean, you're like it sets the tone, it puts death on the table, yeah. but it does kick off Darrow's journey and Darrow's yeah. story, and so yeah, and yeah. just like the re- the repetition of like first of all he's really good with language and with prose in the, in the story and just like kind of having these recurring themes and little motifs, but the repetition of the line of like in Mars there isn't enough gravity to break your neck you know you have to pull their legs they make the family do it yeah and, oh, like gosh, that repeats dude. when like his wife is dying you're like oh fuck like no 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 oh man that was zero percent cool yeah. <laughs> no no nobody liked that yeah nobody liked that was not okay yeah. with that um Ooh. but these can be like yeah they can absolutely be really powerful um unfortunately i think there's more on my list that i would include here but i you know for spoiler sense can't um yeah but you can think through um I guess I would, you know, if you have watched the end of like the most recent like Marvel Cinematic Universe arc, right? So like basically like the end of the Avengers arc and Endgame and all that, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nelson has a relevant shirt on that you guys can't see, but I can. He agrees with my point Um, that there that there are this there's some good, well handled death here, yeah, um, around sacrifice. Yeah. And and I think that these deaths are so meaningful, especially if an author is able to write into that being their final decision. So like Boromir, right? He mm-hmm. he succumbed to the power of the ring and then his death was to allow the ring to let go, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like let it get away. And so it, it's almost like this yeah, he he made the decision, he made the right decision. It's very sad. It's yeah. <laughs> all of, all of that, but it does, you know, it's it's a redemption sacrifice as well, mm. which That's just like makes it. makes it just I have chills now, right? Like I know, it's just, you get so <laughs> yeah, you get so psyched about it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. You're like, "Oh, they're they're so cool." And and I think they can be cheap, you know? Um I can think of Demon Cycle maybe has a sacrificial um character death in it that i don't totally agree with it feels a little shock value mm. um and, it, and it's almost like sacrificed is used as the excuse for why they're dying and because they're a hero then it um it doesn't it's not game of thrones where it's sort of like oh he's screwed up and then he died from his actions it was more of like oh he made these um he made the choice to sacrifice himself but you're also kind of like well but was that really necessary and you know from a storytelling perspective was that necessary or did you just feel that a character death was kind of needed because there hadn't right. been one yet yeah 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 yeah. So definitely could come across as cheap, but when done well, these are these are the these are the home runs, you know. These yeah, are the these are hitters. Yes. Yeah, and they 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 kind of hit all three of the the other categories that we were talking about, right? The ex- mm-hmm. they they can start they can kick off an exposition for another character, mm-hmm. not necessarily their character, right? Yeah. They can close like a Kelsier character here arc. Feels, feels Kelsier here. Slot. Yep. It's, you they could can call close off a character. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can close off a character arc just like Kelsier. Mm-hmm. or <laughs> and uh so they can be very shocking right yeah and when I, when I say like shock that's not necessarily a negative 
It, it's mm. I, I think that it's a negative when it does not hit another one of those types of character deaths. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a good way to think of it, you know. Because there are deaths that are Yeah, there are deaths that like uh um going back to Red Rising Pax dies, right? Mm. Um and and that's like shocking when it happens because yeah. you thought that they were winning and you know yeah. and it, it seemed like everything was good or whatever. Yep. Um and so his is also kind of a death of maybe ideal or innocence and you know maybe a death of like his consequences and kind of a consequence of the main character. There's like a lot of things that it could be like wrapped up into. I don't know. I'm mostly bringing it up because it was like one of the last ones on my list that I was like, oh, I kind of <laughs> want to talk about packs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but if it's into this where like it was shocking, um, but if it didn't tie mm. into all those other little things at the same time, and if it didn't have a purpose in like where it sent Darrow after he died, um, then it would have seemed cheap and it would have seemed yeah. irrelevant, you know, but yep. as it was done, it was like, I wish he didn't. I would have loved to have seen Pax just carry through the story because he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I respect the way that it was done. If it had to be done, if you have to do it, you know, if you if you had <laughs> if you, to do it, I respect it. Right. So, Excellent. any others on your list that you're um, that were significant that you wanted to bring up before we kind of close the conversation out? Um, reading through, reading through. No, like there there are other fantastic examples but not necessarily any that i can think of that fall within the spoiler free section that we laid out at the beginning of the podcast yeah fair enough. so so there are a lot of really interesting deaths out there mm-hmm. in aragon and mm-hmm. like in wheel of time right like so there mm-hmm. there there are a lot of you know deaths that i want to talk about I'm, we're, just, <laughs> we're just gonna avoid them we're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna to, avoid them to call it yeah there was there was um I had some thoughts on Ender's Game, which we, we, we technically could be spoiler-free for because we um, have included yeah. Ender's Game, or we've done an episode on Ender's Game. Um, but I didn't want to include it here just because I didn't feel like I needed to. But, um, you know, there's some good ones there. Dune is another one that has um, some character deaths that are definitely worth mm. um, mm-hmm. looking at. But, um, and again, we've done an episode, but again, we I don't think we need <laughs> to talk about it here, so we won't. Right. But, you know, all of I think it it's so prevalent. It, it pops up in almost every book that we read that someone mm-hmm. somewhere dies, even if it's just the bad yep. guy, right. But yep. somewhere, some, yep. someone somewhere dies. Um, and so yep. that, that's why we, um, that's why they, it's so important to us. That's why it like has such a, um, a special place. Um, that's also why it can be kind of, again, a dangerous tool. There can be a lot, of, there's a lot of tropes around character deaths, right? Lazy ways to kill characters and, um, you know, because yep. everybody, ha- everybody does it. It's like love stories in that way. Every, every book has one. So, um, but I'm glad yeah. we we took this time to to dig into it. It was an odd episode to prep for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I hate to I hate to use the adjective. I enjoyed prepping for this. You're right. But <laughs> <laughs> so I've made myself sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Adverb. I just needed to correct myself there. Anyways, uh, but yeah, no. It, it was a really interesting topic. I'm glad that you proposed it because I, I it helped me think about it in a different way and kind of like outline the thoughts of, you know, what types of deaths, why are some of these deaths unsatisfying? Why are some of the deaths very satisfying? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, just kind of thinking about it and putting it onto paper and mic, it really helped me organize that. Good. And yeah. So same. It'll, it'll be fun going forward and reading, you know, new stories and more mm-hmm. deaths and, and analyzing that and trying to figure out, Hey, okay. So character X just died. Who's very integral to the story. How is that going to shape the other characters in the story kind of looking yeah. forward? And if it doesn't, then it's probably an unsatisfying death. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You kind of played the, you played your big card and you can only play it once. Right. So, yep. And you, you or in game of Thrones 75 times. That's, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
Oh man. But so what are your favorite character deaths? That seems weird to ask. Um Yeah. Who what did you love to have die? Yeah, who yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who did you cry the longest after no. Uh <laughs> yeah well which do you think are the most well done yeah oh yeah there we go yeah what character deaths do you think are the most well done why do you think that they were well done what made them interesting or unique or different that Mm -hmm. made them stand out to you we'd love to talk about that with you on our discord you can find that link in the show description or if you go on to instagram you can find it there through our link in our profile the other best way to talk to us is on instagram and so fantasy and some flights you can find us yeah, it's just the name of the show. I, I, I like. I, I was like going. I was like, I don't have anything else to say here. So, yep, it's the name of the show. That's the name of the show. So we we love talking with you all. Um, come join. Come hang out. Come. Let's talk about some interesting character deaths. Yep. Until next time, don't die. Until, don't die. Yeah, don't die. That would that would be a shock value, right? <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> Did not see that coming. Wow, he is committed to this podcast. <laughs> Oh, man. oh well All that right. on that on that on that, that note i love you I love you. <laughs> and you know, what, you know what let's just talk some more let's uh <laughs> let's let's not ever hang up uh, <laughs> cheers buddy cheers buddy